Welcome, welcome everybody joining to the Programmatic Digest podcast, a live panel. We have some fantastic guests on the pod today. <laughs> We're going to give everybody maybe a hot second to join um, via LinkedIn or YouTube. Let me just make sure that everybody on, on LinkedIn has the proper link here. Give me a minute. If you're joining in, thank you so much. We have an exciting conversation on social e-commerce. All right, there it is. Okay, okay. Um, all right, so I'll drop the link in LinkedIn just in case, because I remember the first panel actually had people saying they couldn't join. Um, so I wanted to make sure I take a, a hot second to do that. So thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh, happy Monday. Happy almost Thanksgiving. Happy almost Christmas time. We have an exciting conversation today. Um, I am your host, Ellen Parker. And I am uh, the founder and creator of this podcast, and our mission is to share knowledge and highlight diversity. Today's conversation is going to be around social e-commerce, and this podcast is sponsored by Ellen Parker Consulting, which is the programmatic media solution at agency I run, and uh, we provide customizable training in programmatic media. We have two amazing guests today, Ebony Smith and Stacy Reed. I'm going to go ahead and allow you both to introduce yourself. So Ebony, would you do us the honor? Let us know, um, you know, take a quick minute to introduce yourself. Tell us how you got here and then um, anything we need to know about you. Sure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So my name is Ebony Smith and I am a paid ad expert. And so I, I specialize in Facebook and Instagram. That's like where my favorite place to be. But I also have love for some of the other things like um, your display, your PPC, uh, your um, LinkedIn, of course. And so that's why I'll, both of these ladies are some of my favorite ladies because we always get to talk <laughs> about our favorite things. And so I happen to run a VIP day and really just enjoy spending time with my kids and doing things outside to kind of take the stress off of <laughs> running all these campaigns. But thank you again for the opportunity. Yes, Stacy, let us know what, um, I think you're muted. Okay, you're unmuted, cool. Hey y'all, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, good morning, <laughs> happy Monday. I am just getting my day started, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so good morning, y'all. My name is Stacy, and I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist. Um, I currently work mainly with e-commerce businesses, and I help them to um, go from that six-figure level to seven figures. I help them by creating strategic, uh, sustainable campaigns that scale for sure. I also am a paid social ad expert at a company called Zappos, so I run the paid social media there. And so, yeah, it is Q4. It is crazy time, so we are all knees deep in, you know, holiday season. So I'm super excited to talk to y'all mm -hmm. about what we can do and what some people can do to uh, definitely capitalize on that this this winter. I mean, this uh, holiday season, yeah. It's interesting because um, holidays are literally like now. And um, if you haven't had a chance yet to get onto it, maybe it's the time to get onto it and maximize this time. 
and his story, the, the background of the podcast is very geared towards programmatic and ag tech world. But the reason why I really wanted to chat with you both this morning is because social e-commerce is taking over slowly but surely. Mm -hmm. um, there is a lot of things happening with Facebook updates. I'm sorry, Meta, uh, which I'd love to hear your <laughs> opinion on in a, in a hot second here. But we really wanted to to chat to you both because you are the leading expert in this industry, in my opinion. And uh, so let's chat about e-commerce. So from a from a initial perspective or standpoint, what are things like like myth about e-commerce? Because we know what e-commerce is, but what are myth? Uh, when it comes to e-commerce advertising specifically or how the best practices when it comes to e-commerce. So Stacey, you want to lead the charge? Sure. Yeah. I think one of the myths that sticks out to me and I had um, a call with someone last week about this. And mm -hmm. one, I think a myth is that social ads in particular are going to save your business or that oh. they're a sure thing. They're like, you know, that they're a sure thing or that they're, you know, you just turn them on and it just starts to rain money. But that's really not true, right? There's a lot of strategy that goes into it. There's a lot of testing that goes into it. It's really like making any kind of investment that you're going to make into your business, whether that's, you know, investing in getting a website or investing in different ways to get traffic. Um, you know, it's, it's an investment and it takes strategy and it takes attention. So I would say if you are someone who really feels like your business is kind of going down the tubes and you're really just unsure of why um, and you think that pivoting into ads is going to actually rebound that, you know, I mean, I would say, you know, Maybe, but I would really say that if you're going into it with that kind of mindset, you're really going to miss out on the magic that is social uh, e-commerce, whereas you're learning so much about your customers. You're really starting to learn what messages um, resonate with what audiences. You're learning, you know, what kinds of things people do when they, what, um, what kinds of feedback people have. You have so many different things that you can really test into um, that really, if you're entering it with a mindset of, I need, I need to turn something on to save my business, then you're really kind of going to miss the magic of it. Yeah, I think that's a great point uh, because um, <clears throat> I love what you said about like social e-commerce or social ads are not going to save your business. It's like more and it's it's part of the strategy you need to to um, look over. So, Ebony, what would be one myth that you've heard maybe um, either in agreement with Stacy that you you point out to your clients like, oh, actually you want to make sure that this is happening and people understand this, but in reality, this is what's happening. Yeah. I think, um, one of the biggest things too, and I kind of blame like the internet gurus for this one is that people, especially those, you know, the dude bros, they get so caught up in like the 10 X, the 12 X, the 50 X. And mm. all you have to do is do this one thing. And then it's so easy to just run an ad that gets you this many ROI. Right. Mm -hmm. And in reality, there's so many things that have to come together to work seamlessly together in order to get that kind of return. True. And a lot of people tend to forget about the landing page experience, especially for e-commerce. You can have the best ad in the world, but if they land on your landing page and it is a hot mess, it does not guide mm -hmm. them where they need to go. That's you will be pouring money like into a bucket that has a hole in it. And so that's mm -hmm. the last couple of times on some of the projects that I work for, I had to really guide and some of my... I would say my other skills were transferable because I used to build websites. I was able to give mm. context on the entire experience. So it's not just the ad. It's also the web, like the actual landing page. It's also 
your sales and how does your sales process work? It's also your customer service. Like what happens when you go to deliver it? So there's a lot that goes into conversion. And typically when things aren't going well, they do typically come back and point to, well, it's because the ad's not working. And so that's one big mm-hmm. myth that I think they need to look at. <laughs> that's such a good point for sure. Cause I think, so one of the things I was working on over the weekend <clears throat> for a client is mapping out their funnels and mapping out their customer journey. And mm. it's a part of my framework. And because it's so important, right? Because like you can turn on ads, right? And have a, you know, a high click through rate, but if your conversion rate sucks, then yep. you're wasting your money, right? Like if your mm-hmm. people aren't taking the desired yeah. action, there's always, so one of the things, you know, people can do is map that journey, right? Like when people, if you, if you have people go from, I have no idea who you are to please take my money and take it now. Like, what does that journey look like? And understand that your ads are going to be, you know, they can, they can push people through that funnel, right? You can have people at the top of the funnel. You can push people towards the bottom of the funnel, Mm -hmm. Um, but you really need some kind of container and some kind of journey that people are going to go on before you actually just turn on ads. Like, I don't like when people just turn on ads and just go to your homepage, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have a fire homepage, that's great. (laughs) But like, you know, what is the journey? Like, you know, what what do you want people to do? Don't expect people to just know, right? Mm. Or you just think people are naturally just going to do X, Y, and Z because, you know, you send them to to some kind of page. You really have to map that journey and guide people along um, that that path. So I really love that, you know, Ebony pointed that out because that's super important. I love that. And thank you both for your your comments because uh, in, in what I could what I could hear the most the common denominator here is diversify your strategy, but also understand where your consumers are spending time and how to communicate and um, connect with them. In speaking with that consumer journey perspective, uh, I came across this article from the eMarketers, and it was about three new things in retail: loyalty program. App Deco and holiday shopping. And so almost 70% of consumers agree their loyalty is more difficult to maintain than ever per Claris Commerce. And nearly 80% said they don't want to accumulate points and that to maintain their loyalty program should provide immediate benefit. So something that's really popular in the e-commerce strategy or e-commerce from a client's perspective and brand's perspective is the fact that loyalty programs are popping up a lot. Like literally, even your coffee shop is like, after after eight coffee, you get your ninth for free or your tenth for free. And that's considered loyalty. They're trying to bring you back into your doors. Traditionally, loyalty programs are supposed to help build build that community that advocate for your brand. So what are your your recommendation when it comes to implementing a loyalty program, especially during the holidays and how brands can best benefit from a loyalty program? Like what's the to-dos and the don'ts when it comes to implementing loyalty from an e-commerce perspective? Gotcha. Um, so I would say go big or go home. Like that is the <laughs> way that I look at loyalty programs because yeah. people, a lot of people don't want to do them anymore. They don't want to participate because right. um, when you're playing a game, you don't want to play that game where no matter what you do, it's impossible to win. Like those mm-hmm. are going to be the games that you really end up putting to the side. You may go back and try it again, but if you can seed it with the reward, somebody who does this really well to me is Chick-fil-A. Oh, so, okay. To me, Chick-fil-A does this really well because, okay, you know what? We're going to give you something straight up just for joining. 
Yep. So already you get that that rush of like, ooh, you know, I got something. I won because <laughs> I got a free chicken biscuit just for joining. I didn't even do anything. Yeah. And then they make it where the points actually do match up to the value that makes sense. So it's not mm -hmm. like my credit card, for example, where I had over 3000 points and I'm like, OK, let me get a, a statement credit. Yeah, that statement credit is twenty five dollars. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, OK, <laughs> that didn't really those that value didn't add up to me. So I think if you are not ready to really create that line item mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. give away some things and be understanding that it's a marketing tactic, you're you're not giving anything away for free. You're paying for advertising. You're paying for loyalty. Mm -hmm. Then I think that you might need to try something else because you're going to end up frustrating your people more than exciting them to be loyal because they're going to feel like they got kind of gypped. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <clears throat> Anything yeah. you wanted to add, Stacey? Yeah, I think, I think those are such great points, right? Like people really want things like they really want to receive value. Right. And yeah. we understand that, you know, if you are in a credit card program or something and you get, like you said, like 3,000 points, 5,000 points, I had the same thing happen to me. I'm just like, what? It's only like $20? Like, how is that? You know, so people people are seeing through deception, right? And I think, you yeah. know, that's just that just speaks to where consumers are at in the marketplace these days, regardless of what you're, you know, what, what kind of method you're doing with marketing. You really have to understand that, you know, consumers want transparency and consumers can get transparency, right? You, you can either volunteer and give it up front, like you were saying That's with Chick-fil-A, it's like, hey, you want to, we, we understand that, you know, you're, you're valuable and if you want to join our program, we'll give you something off top. That's great, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, consumers want that kind of transparency and they can go find it, right? They can go find it somewhere else. If you're going to, decide to, you know, make your loyalty program, um, you know, not really valuable and just having one just to have one, or if you've had a valuable a, a loyalty program for a long time and it hasn't really changed much, <laughs> you know, like understand what people want, right? Yeah. Ask your people, ask That's them, cool. what do they want? How can I make this more valuable for you? Um, and start to do those things. And one of the things I see, I'm, you know, kind of bringing it back to ads a little bit is mm -hmm. when I'm running ads that are there and there's a delayed gratification, Mm -hmm. Those ads don't convert as well unless if there's something up front. Like, and I'll give you, like, for example, if you're running ads and you're giving people a coupon, um, mm -hmm. some kind of discount code. I know that Facebook is de is deprecating the offer ads platform, the offer ads mm -hmm. build. Um, I believe I'm not sure if it's already gone, if it's already gone or not. But I use those a lot because they worked really well. <clears throat> and I would notice that if I was running ads for to people that were that were just like you have to sign up and then you get a coupon later, they didn't yeah. they didn't convert as well. But if it's okay. like if I gave it to you up front and said, hey, here, take this. And, you know, maybe if you, maybe you give somebody something up front and then maybe mm -hmm. they'll give you their email address and they join your loyal program, you'll say, hey, I'll bump it up to from 15% off to 30% off. Yeah. And maybe that's a great way to get people in the door and to give people something up front. But I agree, I completely agree. Like consumers now want the value up front because they can go get it somewhere else, right? They don't have to only go to one place, right? We have so many options. No. And so you really have to start to think of your loyalty program as figuring out how you can make it for valuable people why should I even give you my email address, right? Why should I give you my time? Because now as a consumer, I understand how valuable my attention is. So mm -hmm. why should I give you my attention? Um, and so that's what the brands have, that's what, you know, brands and, and I have to work with them, you know, my clients for to just figure out how can we provide value upfront and people so that people will actually pay attention and will actually listen. 
I love that because um, while y'all were talking about your points and all, you automatically made me think about my Amex card, the business Amex, and yeah. I have like a hundred thousand points. But when you go into Amazon, it comes out to like, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars. I'm like, what? All these dollars right. I've been mm -hmm. spending, you only give me a couple hundred dollars? Um, but I, I shouldn't complain. I guess a couple hundred dollars are better. But um, and also on the point of Chick Fil A is like, yeah, I am one of those consumers. Like you gotta give me something right now, unless, unless like you said, like Chick Fil A build that brand mm -hmm. and is, is successful for a reason. And I know not everybody listening have a Chick Fil A, but just imagine like, um, if God had to make uh, chicken sandwiches, it would probably from. Chick-fil-A would be as close as possible to, to that. Yeah. Um, so let's shift the conversation into spending here. Um, mm -hmm. Let me pull my notes. Okay, it's not here. There it is. So according again, according to eMarketer, I'm a big fan of eMarketer, if you can tell. U.S. e-commerce sales are projected to continue to grow by double digits, up 17.9%. I'm going to round it up. Up 18% in 2021 to 933 billions of dollars y'all e-commerce penetration will continue to increase more than doubling from 2019 to 23 percent in or 24 percent in 2025 so let's talk the about the million dollar question here budget range how can a brand somebody listening into this immediate director listening into this or i don't know somebody listening that is trying to grow their brands what is like the perfect budget to spend into a paid social, including Facebook, anywhere, especially from an e-commerce perspective? Well, I tell who you, has, it's not $5 a day. <clears throat> I'm trying to get the secret sauce. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's not $5 a day. Okay. Um, <laughs> that is literally like, the. I think that's the minimum you can go on Facebook. Um, oh, wow. It's $5 okay. a day. Um, and reason like, you know, I, I'm sure that people will argue me down that they see success with $5 a day and, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> if you are looking to scale and you're mm -hmm. looking to get your business to the next level, what you really have to start with is taking into account how much money you're trying to make and how much money you need to make. What are your goals? What are your, you know, what is your cost per acquisition, right? Like if you're saying, okay, it's, you know, it costs me $20 to get a customer, Okay, if spending five dollars a day is not gonna, that's gonna take you a minute to get one customer, right? That doesn't, you know, that doesn't really um, translate. So I think, you know, think about what your goals are. Like if you, if, yeah. and if you're brand new, just starting out on paid, and you haven't, you know, started at all, I recommend mm -hmm. starting at at least twenty bucks a day, um, because then that that gives you some some room to actually, you know, get some learnings to get some people think about. Like if you're looking at CPMs, right? Cost per impression, cost per thousand impressions. If your average cost per impression is like five dollars. You know, to get a thousand to reach a thousand people, and you're spending five dollars a day, you're only going to reach about a thousand people a day, mm -hmm. right? And that's not, and that yeah. may sound like a lot in, you know, in reality. Like if you were in a room with a thousand people, mm -hmm. that yeah. would be different, right? But on the internet and on Facebook, that's really just a drop in the bucket, right? Like mm -hmm. you know, so I really think you have to kind of look at like, you know, what are our average costs right now? What is your cost? How much money do you need to make off of this ad? Mm -hmm. How aggressive your are your goals, right? Like if you. Yeah are saying like, hey, I want to make, you know, $50,000 in a month, mm -hmm. spending $5 a day is really not going to get you there, right? <laughs> you know, you have mm -hmm. to really think about, think about your goals, think about how aggressive you want to be, think about, you know, how quickly you want to learn, because that's the other thing. It's like, 
$5 a day is a very slow burn, right? You're going to, you're not going to learn as fast. You're going to learn very, very slow. Um, and your and Facebook system is going to be learning very slow, right? The backend you want, you need, you know, Facebook system needs time and money realistically to ramp up and to start to learn and to figure out who exactly are, are your, your ads going to resonate with. Mm-hmm. So you really need to start to think about like, how, you know, is it front loading your budget now? When it, well, now with iOS 14 out, that's one of the things that, you know, I've been told to do by Facebook is to front load your budget to really like get some, get some learnings early and then you mm-hmm. can adjust accordingly um, because the data is delayed. And that's why, you know, you just need to get as much data as you can. <clears throat> but, you know, that's, that's what I would say about budget. It's like, mm-hmm. think about your goals, think about how aggressive they are. Think about what you're paying for to, to acquire a customer now, right? Like maybe you're running Google ads or maybe you're running ad advertising in some other kind of capacity. Yeah. Um, think about what your cost for, you know, what does it take for you to acquire a customer or how much, or what are our current CPMs, right? How many people do you realistically need to start to reach in order to see some success in the C scale? Um, and and yeah. start to, and, and start your budget a little higher than you would think because you know the data is delayed and you can always adjust it over time. Yeah, I think it's a good point because even in the programmatic media world, like we front load very, it's very common to front load at the beginning of the month mm-hmm. because um, it gives us a competitive advantage. Um, yeah. You're becoming, um, you're you're bidding higher, so they actually like uh, advise that almost over sixty percent of your budget be spent in that first week or week and a half mm-hmm. or that two mm-hmm. weeks because you want to be able to like, um, get, like you said, catch up to that day. De- um, that competitive inventory. But um, Ebony, did you have anything to add? Sure. I was going to say, um, Stacey and I laugh about that question all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say like, if you're somebody looking at it from a monthly budget, mm-hmm. can you take 10% of your month's revenue. Can you take, you know, at least $500, $750, somewhere along there, if not more, because at the end of the day, like, it's just like Stacey said, you are dealing with the funnel. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with people who are going to be at different parts of the funnel. And there is a certain amount that you need to delegate at each part of that funnel. Mm-hmm. But people at the top of that funnel, they literally don't know you like they are cold. And so it's going to take at least like 60 percent of your budget. I think the breakdown is like 60, 30, 10. Mm-hmm. So you're going to need at least 60 percent of your budget just to continue having conversations with new people every single day. And mm-hmm. if your budget is five dollars a day. And again, like she said, you're only running across a thousand people. All thousand of those people are not going to want to have a conversation with you. So you are severely limiting the amount of people that you can connect with. And the only way you can get people through the rest of the funnel, they've got to start somewhere. So I see a lot of brands like, oh, I'll throw all my money at the sale or I'll throw all of my money at the purchase. And it's like your purchase, your cost per acquisition is going to be more expensive because they they simply don't know who you are. They're going to have to see this ad like 50 times before they decide to say, okay, let me go ahead and convert finally. So yeah, I would take the time. The process that they're talking about, I do for my own business. Like mm-hmm. I recently started running ad sprints on anything, things like messaging, things like images. And it doesn't have to be super expensive, but yeah, my budget is somewhere between 25 and 50 a day because I'm not leaving them on forever. Like yeah, I'm just leaving, yeah, 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 leaving them on for a little bit. Let me grab the data and see, okay, this isn't working and this is working. So now I can turn this one off. I can turn this one on and you end up maximizing your budget instead of wasting a lot of dollars and your time, you know, trying to be super frugal and it's not getting anywhere. So I see a lot of people quit Facebook ads because they're like, oh, see, they don't work for me. I spent $5 and I didn't get a $100 sale. It doesn't work for me. 
No, you just mm -hmm. didn't. You got to yeah. continue testing. Yeah. In the words of the great uh, Jeezy, scared money don't make money. So uh, <laughs> right. I would say I would say you got to invest a little something to get a little more of something. You know? And um, from and, and to add on to that and then segue conversation to that, then um, I hear I hear a lot of a recommendation towards small to medium sized businesses on how to, to start, how to get things going. But from a different perspective, from that million dollar perspective brand, uh, from a manager that's managing millions of dollars in their media, including some social, uh, some social, some programmatic, some whichever you want to mention or you want to recommend, what would be recommendation for them? Because I would assume that they're, because of the amount of money available, how can they best funnel that funding inside of a Facebook or inside of a TikTok or who, whichever it makes sense? Like, what is the best recommendation to them? Like, where should they start in terms of like, hey, I got a healthy budget, but I don't think my audience is all in Facebook. Where else should I invest? So, so if you're looking to, I would say navigate outside, you're asking like if they're looking to navigate outside of Facebook, like what other platforms um, they should be looking into? Is that what you're Yeah, asking? like uh, for instance, there's a lot, uh, there's a rise in um, in TikTokers, uh, Snapchat ads has, has had a recent mm -hmm. update. Uh, who else? Who else? I've got a Twitter just had an update that I yeah. absolutely hate. It looks like Instagram. Twitter, what are you doing? Oh, what is trying Twitter? to come for edges? Come they're on. trying to come for edges. I, I yeah. just, I've, yeah, they're, it's interesting. So we, so I, um, come on Twitter. Just started. I just started with, um, <clears throat> with TikTok mm -hmm. ads and, um, it's a new platform. So it's very buggy and it just, mm -hmm. oh boy. Yeah. It, it drives me crazy sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Um, but that's where Gen Z is, right? That's where they are. That's where, that's true. You know, if that's who you want to reach, that's where you got to go. So I think one of the things you have to understand, like, think about is where are your people, right? Mm -hmm. If they're not on Facebook, let's say, you know, so let's say your people aren't, like, say your customers are Gen Z mm -hmm. or, you know, early millennials and stuff like that. And, and those, and, and that demographic is not really on Facebook like that. It's not, they're not even really on Instagram like that. Mm -hmm. They are on Snapchat. They're on TikTok. They're probably also on Twitter. Um, Twitter is really, really big with actual, like, millennials. Right. Like, mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're trying to reach older folks, you know, you might want to start to look at Facebook. So I think, you know, figuring out who your people are, that's one of the first things I do with my clients before we talk mm -hmm. about messaging, before we talk about creative is like, who are your people? Right. And, you know, as like, you know, when I work with, you know, I work with six figure, six figure businesses and really like at this point, you should have an idea of who your people are. Right. You should mm -hmm. have an idea of what they're into, right. where they hang out, where they're most engaging with you with, what types of things they're, they're into, where they're reading, you know, That's what they're, what they're kind of their Yeah. You're starting to really understand what their, you know, what their lifestyle is you're, and, and all that kind of stuff. So really it starts with figuring out who your customers are and identifying mm -hmm. that and then figuring out where they're at and then, you know, testing different platforms. Like Pinterest is another place that, you know, they, they, like, I always they have an ad platform. Yeah. I really dislike Pinterest ad platform, but it's just because of the build, right? Like I just, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I've built well over like, you know, 1200 different ad campaigns in the last mm -hmm. couple of years. And mm -hmm. so for me, having a build in the back end is really important to me that I can actually navigate and that works well for me. And so mm -hmm. some of these things that I'm necessarily, 
you know, some of these things that I'm necessarily kind of ranking and thinking about the platforms is really they're built, right? But it's so it doesn't speak to whether the whether my customers are there, right? Like if my customers are there, I'm just gonna have to get the hell over it, and just, you know, and build these ads, right? And get and get there. So really, it's it, it starts with just figuring out and understanding who your people are, where they hang out, where they make decisions, right? LinkedIn is another place that's been, you know, mm -hmm. great. You know, there the organic reach on LinkedIn is is you know is like where Facebook's was a little, a little years ago, which yeah. is awesome, you know? So it's, but, but, you know, they're building out their ad platform as well. Right. So it's like, who are yeah. you exactly talking to? Where do they hang out? Where do they yeah. make decisions and start and then go from there? I think that's yeah. a great point because like, uh, we don't always talk about it out loud, but like how user friendly is that ads manager mm -hmm. from a professional perspective like yeah we have, we have to follow our consumers and uh, have the relevant message per the re relevant platform but there's a human being managing that platform managing that strategy that needs to know what's up and some of those platforms are not making it easy for us to spend in their platform so in the case mm -hmm. of pinterest and even in twitter i've run campaign in twitter and it was not like mm -hmm. as whatever it was not as sexy as it should be from a, a data perspective and from an mm -hmm. application like a UI perspective. So um, that's also a great point into this whole strategy is like, it's not only about how you spend a dollar, it's about how are you going to make sure that the person running that campaign is set for success. And it goes from the platform perspective, like a Facebook or from an internal perspective, like how are you um, equipping that, that person to make sure they're making the right decision with that, that coins. Um, so yeah. I think that's a great point. And I think from the million dollar perspective, like especially yeah. for these larger entities, there is an advantage to having more money that, you know, the small and mid-sized businesses can't really compete with. Yep. Um, before having my own business, I worked for a couple of agencies prior, especially one mm -hmm. being a digital agency. Yeah. And when you get a large company that says, okay, we have $300,000 to give you, what are you going to do for us? One thing that they can do that I would say smaller businesses can't is down to the assets, the mm -hmm. creative. You can go and get more professional footage. You can go and get the number that you can get. So the amount of ads that you can mm -hmm. run, whereas a smaller to mid-sized company, they're kind of restricted to what they can get, whether it be, you know, a couple videos here, maybe something they shot on their phone, maybe something that was created in Photoshop or Canva. You can have now 50. So like you can run 50 ads. You have 50 pieces of creative that you can put out there. You have the team to be able to write 50 different messages based on a strategy. And then even down to your placement, you can afford to experiment with something that maybe, you know, when you have a smaller budget, you have to stay with what you know, because you're a little bit more nervous, you know, more careful with that budget. But you can say, oh, take 10% of the budget and go just go put that on TikTok. We, we, we haven't really tried TikTok, but we're willing to take three grand because we can afford to and just throw it out there and see what happens. And I think like Stacey was saying, it goes back to your goals. Be careful with trends. And mm -hmm. so don't just go and jump on something because it's a trend. Go and jump on it and have some purpose behind it. Because even at that scale, lost money is still lost money. You know, it's yeah. still money. Even though you might not miss that three grand, you could have certainly put that three grand towards something else that was working and could have made you 30 more grand. And so I think that that was, that's something that I would look at into having an integrated campaign, taking your budget and making sure that I like to have a media plan, especially at that rate when you're spending that much, mm -hmm. write down how much do you have? What do you want to spend in each? Like, how are you going to break this down percentage wise? 
and then start to execute on that. And so if we take that with the front loading that you guys said, now we can start to say, okay, maybe we need to shift that budget based on the front loading, based on the data that we've seen. Now we can start to kind of shift that budget around. Mm -hmm. But in the world is your oyster when you really have the budget to be able to create as many messages, as many assets as you want. Mm -hmm. So there's no really secret sauce, I guess. Like you'll have, I hear a lot of like, you have to test it. You have to shift your budget where it works. Um, social e-commerce should not be your only strategy is you shouldn't put all of your eggs into one basket. You should test a different strategies that include channels. Um, you mentioned maybe search, maybe organic, maybe, maybe social, you name it. And it's also not all uh, in Facebook, like you have to diversify, you have to understand your consumer. Uh, and so actually that's, if I had to recap this conversation, that would be like, understand where your consumer is spending the most time and target them there, um, set a message per there. So on the creative message, and that will be the last, uh, questions, um, question for this podcast, but what can you tell us, like, what's the best practice when it comes to coming up with a message? Um, I've seen some really creative um, messaging out there, especially for like the Instagram shopping. Uh, there's like a lot of cool stuff happening. So what are your like maybe top three best practice when it comes to thinking about creating that message that will resonate with somebody uh, on social, any, anything? What is your perspective on that? Gotcha. So I would say... My top three would be, um, I believe really hugely in empathy and how empathy can inform data and vice versa. So my first thing would be would be to really dial into your persona, not just like, oh my God, they drive an Acura, but like really thinking <laughs> about motivations yeah. and frustrations and, you know, what are their goals? What are, what are, what's keeping them up at night? And then oh. that would lead into my number two thing, which would be storytelling. So at the end of the day, no matter how much we try to pretend that robots are going to take over, like in the next couple of years, we're dealing with <laughs> humans and humans have lots of emotion. And mm -hmm. so no matter how much we try to say we're going to be objective and non-emotional when making decisions, we make decisions based off of emotion. Mm -hmm. And so that emotion should be reflected in the copy. That emotion should be reflected in the asset that you create. You should be telling some sort of a story and they should find themselves in that story in some That's capacity. Good. That's like really in good. In some way, whether it's you're the person, you, you were experiencing something and they're watching you and they're like, oh my God, I have that too. Or you can talk directly <laughs> to them and say, you know, you might've, did you wake up this morning and you grabbed your coffee and then you realized it was cold and you wish that you had a mug that would just stay hot all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what this is. And so then my third thing would be making sure that it is a very clear call to action. Yes, mm. you, Preach. you know, Drop you do want to take them on this creative, Done. emotional journey, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you do want them to do something. And so yeah. you, do, you need to make sure that you pick one, pick one, pick mm -hmm. one, and <laughs> let them do that one thing from that one ad. The biggest issue that That's I funny. see is, um, everybody wants to get their money's worth. So they're like, throw four oh, different yeah. call to actions in the ad. We want them to sign up for our email and then mm -hmm. buy something and then share with a friend and then post a testimonial. And that's too much. Those are mm -hmm. all different campaigns. Those are all different ads that you can run. But those would be my top three. That's an excellent point. Stacey, do you have anything to add? 
Yeah, for sure. Those are great, for sure. And I think mine kind of relate to that as well. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things I would say is, again, it starts with who your people are. It starts to un with understanding who they are and what, what makes them tick. What do they care about? What are they into? What are their pain points? What emails do they love to read? What, what, you know, what subject lines are, do you get the most opens on, right? That people, because those are indications of what people care about and what people, you know, hear. And, and, and so your marketing shouldn't be disconnected, right? Just because you send an email about something doesn't mean that you can't also repurpose that in some right. kind of way that kind of messaging into a social ad, right? In fact, mm -hmm. you know, that's, you know, one of something that's a great idea is, you know, when you send an email out, target your people also on social, on, on social, right? So that they see it someplace <laughs> else, right? An email might get go to spam or it might, you know, they might have a thousand emails that they haven't read yet, right? But, mm -hmm. you know, you can yeah. target them there. So I think, you know, that's the first tip for sure is really just like understanding who your people are. Um, and then the second thing, and the second thing is to spark curiosity, right? So I think mm -hmm. that, you know, one of the thing, one of the mistakes I see a lot of times with, with creative is that people try to sell you everything on the Facebook ad, right? They mm -hmm. try to tell you all the features. They try to tell you all the things. They try to tell you, oh, this is going to be, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's all of the things, right? You try to put so many things into one ad creative. Uh, but really your job, for the, the goal of your creative is to spark curiosity enough to get the person to take an action. Right. Like, so okay. I'm on social, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Facebook to be social. I'm, on, I'm not necessarily on Facebook to shop. Right. And mm. so when you're into what you're doing with your ads is you're interrupting people, you're interrupting people from being social. And so when, mm. because you're interrupting people, you need to get, you need to give them something that sparks their curiosity enough to make them to take some type of action, which is going to your site and going to. And, and so that's the, that's the job of your ad, right. Is to get them to your site, your site, your landing page's job is to close the deal. Right. That's where you put all your all the features, all these other things, only anything else that your customers care about when they're actually in that phase of, you know, do you have my size? Right. Do you have the color mm -hmm. that I like? Yeah. Do you have a size chart? Do you have all the do you have reviews? Right. You don't have to bake everything into the ad. You just have to get them off of social and then you have to you, and you have to use your landing page to close the deal. So that's what I would say is tip number two is to spark curiosity. <clears throat> and I think, you know, tip number three is to really like amplify what's working, right? So like yeah. if you have influencers and like influencers are super hot right now, y'all, and then, you know, Facebook and Instagram are building out so many tools that you mm -hmm. can use to amplify your, um, your, your influencers. And so if you're finding that, you know, influencers are posting a lot of your content, they're drawing a lot of traffic to your site, they're actually moving product, mm -hmm. put some paid dollars behind that, right? Influencers make great creative. And so that's, so I guess that's the, the, thir the third tip really is to lean into to create is to be authentic, right? And so, and these influencers, they know how to make authentic content, right? Like, especially if you're advertising on TikTok, right? Like don't take some shit from Instagram and just put it on TikTok, right? That's, <laughs> that doesn't yeah. work, right? You need to actually, you know, understand that these creators are, we're in a creator's world right now, right? They are able to take content and to, to, to tell stories, like Emily was saying, in a way that, that makes people want to take action and makes people actually excited about things. And so if that's working for you, if that's a strategy that you're trying to lean into, you want to take that and also put that within your, um, put some paid dollars behind that as well, because that's a great strategy, a great way to, to amplify your creative. So I guess, so my three tips were to define your audience, right? Understand who your people are, what they care about. Yeah. Spark, create content that sparks curiosity. Um, and then the third tip is to amplify your influencers or lean into the uh, to lean into authentic creation and authentic content that you can get from some influencers. That is great, man. That is so great. We can talk about this subject for like 
years like literally it's so much going on and then i mean you mentioned um the apple update that's probably though having a lot of impact on how people are <clears throat> performing any type of strategy honestly whether it's e-commerce or none um so let's let's close the, the the podcast and let's close this amazing interview with maybe a word of wisdom what would you give somebody right now like just to close close this podcast what is one thing you want to leave the the audience our listeners our viewers with and it don't have only to be about e-commerce i have to say uh because we're all human beings so what is something that you that is on your heart that you want to share right now sure so i would say get started and i'm mm. notorious for sitting yeah. and even from I, I literally run ads for a living and was mm -hmm. so like in a weird space yeah. about running my own. Yeah, and yeah. I joined a program that, that kind of forces me to uh -huh. take action on my own thing. And so I would say mm -hmm. get started. If you're not at a place where you can run ads for the 500 that we said or the $20 a day that we said, that doesn't mean that you can't get started. Like it mm -hmm. just means manage your expectations going yeah. into it and take, take the $5 a day. If that's all you have, understand that it's going to take you a minute. But go ahead and get the learnings from the five dollars a day until you learn enough to go to feel comfortable and say, let me spend 10 mm -hmm. and then spend the 10 until you feel comfortable spending the 20 and then spend the 20. And so go ahead and get started because nobody can buy from you if they don't know who you are. That's probably the mm -hmm. biggest mistake that I Preach. see is like <laughs> my friends and my family. Oh, that's why my business is not growing because my friends are not sharing yeah. Your friends could share 20, 50 times. It's not <laughs> going to affect. It's not yeah. enough reach. So you yeah. have to have like reach people. You got to have these conversations every day. And if you're already doing that organically and you're like, okay, it's doing okay, then go ahead and start having some of those conversations using some paid dollars. Like just get started. That's an excellent point. Grant Cardone said you may have an obscurity problem. <laughs> like you have to put yourself out there. So that's a great problem. And Stacy. Last but not least. <laughs> yeah. I had like three things coming to my head. So I'm just like trying to narrow it down. Oh, so what I think, I think one of, so what I'll leave with is uh -huh. to really like amplify what's working in your business. Mm. Like, I think a lot of times people, good. They, they look at ads as something separate from their business, right? Any kind of paid advertising, right? They're, they're looking at it as something separate from their business or yeah. separate from their marketing activities, right? Like, you know, you don't see ads and email as something that can actually work together. But like, if your email list is hot, in your email list, every time you send out an email, people are you know dying to get on to, to sell out your products. Or every time you you have a special release and you send an email out, your um, you know your 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 stuff sells out. Use your ads to actually bump up your email list, right? Get more people mm -hmm. who are like your people on that email list, so that mm -hmm. way you know you can continue to make sales and you can continue to scale, right? That's the mm -hmm. that's the methodology behind scaling, right? Like scaling is not taking pieces of things and making them work individually. It's trying to figure out how can you bring all of your marketing activities together to all to all march towards a, a common goal yeah. or the common common thing, right? And so that's one of the things I learned just you know being on a marketing team of you know. 40 to 50 people, right? Like we all have a common goal. We all have to work together. We all have to, you know, we are, we have our respective channels, right? And we have our respective things and the same thing with my clients, right? They all have their respective things. And so I'm working mm -hmm. on like, well, let's bring these things together, right? Like if I'm helping you with your organic strategy and you have somebody who's also helping you with paid, like we need to talk to each other. We need to work together, yeah. right? We need to understand what's working on one platform and what's working on, you know, versus what's working on theirs. So I would definitely say like, you know, figure out what's working in your business 
and 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 figure out. And I bet you there's usually a way for you to, for you to be able to use ads, um, mm. specifically social ads, to really like fill that bucket and to and to get more people um, to take that desired action. Wow, that's perfect. Okay. We couldn't have ended in. in any better but thank you so much for joining us today this was amazing if anyone has to reach out to you about any question how can they do that yes I see. oh okay <laughs> i was i didn't know if i was going first okay y'all hey y'all yeah you can reach me you can head over to my site it's stacyzeal.co s-t-a-c-y-z-e-a-l.co and that's where i have all information about where you can work with me i'm also really active on linkedin so head mm -hmm. over to my linkedin page definitely you know connect with me there i've been posting a lot of content there lately mm -hmm. and finally i have a private podcast so if you are interested yes. in learning how to create a scalable facebook and instagram ad strategy for your for your product-based business, you definitely want to make sure you check out my free private podcast. It talks you mm -hmm. through creative messaging. It talks you through audiences. It talks you through all kinds of stuff that you need to put together a, a strategy that works. Mm -hmm. So definitely head over to my site. It's on there. It's on my homepage. It's also at podcast.stacyzeal.co. And again, it's S-T-A-C-Y-Z-E-A-L.co. Perfect. I'll make sure to add this information too um, in our show notes uh, later on this week. Ebony? Love it. All right. So if you would like to connect with me, you can go to gracefulgrindstrategies.com. There's two L's in graceful. So just make sure if you get an error, make sure that you have the second L. And so <laughs> I work really well with um, the service-based entrepreneur. I know the, I know my stuff about e-com, but if you need e-com, I definitely say go to Stacy. But if you are someone who is doing like a webinar, a launch, you're a consultant, mm -hmm. a course mm -hmm. creator, any of those, I love to work with basically that audience and mm -hmm. I do full execution. I so if you have questions about, I don't know where to get started or I would like to set up my pixel because this is the time mm -hmm. to make sure you have your pixel so that you can connect with people after they visited your site. You can go to that mm -hmm. website. I also do have an Instagram graceful grind. Again, graceful has two L's, two L's. and I'm also mm -hmm. um, pushing through on my LinkedIn as well. So I'm trying to put my content out there. Yeah, lots of good info between the three of us, really. So make sure you follow everybody on LinkedIn. There's lots yeah. of good content out there. Great. Absolutely. Well, thank you both for coming. This was amazing. Thank you for making the time and uh, sharing all this knowledge. This podcast was probably worth a few thousands of dollars and you got to hear it here for free. So make sure you share, make sure you subscribe and follow each of the guest speakers and myself. And on that note, thank you so much for joining. We will uh, talk to you next week. We have the Women in Programmatic which is a international club. Uh, so next Monday, check it out. This was this is going to be the next and final live podcast panel of the month. So thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Ebony, and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Hey. Bye, guys. Thanks, y'all. And.